This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Section 336, Next Generation Bonner Source Talk. I am your endearingly stirring host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. It sounds like you're uh, trying to be a little quiet doing the show today. Well, it's well, recording 11. A little late night recording. Late night recording. I'm in a stranger's house, so uh, yeah, I have reasons to be quiet. I know. It was just a little, it was just a little like... A little whispering to the uh, a little into the intro, but this it's all right. Is, this, you this stuck is how with I do it. the entire podcast. All right, you stuck with it. You did your little NPR voice, but you still got in your normal intro. Absolutely. So I know we're recording a little late because of the home run derby. Yeah, we we said we record after Trey got out, and so we're recording after Trey got out yeah. at around eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, we all we thought it was going to be a few hours earlier today, but yeah. it was a, a fun performance all around. It was. This is a fun kind of week for the Orioles, really. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Like, we're going to talk about how the Orioles added talent to the organization yep. via the draft uh, the past couple of days. Yeah. And we'll talk about Cedric Mullins being named uh, to, to as a starter in the All-Star game. But I guess we can start with what we just watched, uh, really a great performance by Trey Manzini at the Home Run Derby. Yeah. I mean, I think um... – we all kind of knew he was, he got the invite because more about his story than his power. <clears throat> so mm. to make it to the finals was really impressive. Now there is some stuff going around the internet about Trey cheating in the first round. Oh, so, really? Yeah. That the, uh, that the last ball he hit was after the buzzer. Yeah. So he shouldn't have made it out of the first round, but it doesn't matter. Unless you're one of those guys betting on the home run derby, but if you're betting on the home run derby, you got a problem. Uh, so, and, and and not that I bet on the home run derby, I did not, but I did look at the odds. And uh, did did you look at the odds at all, Josh? I did not, but I'm guessing t- to get Trey into the finals would be pretty good odds. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't I don't know what the breakdown to get to the finals, but to win it, I forget the exact number. But Trey Mancini had 
the largest odds yeah. to win the whole thing. He was not the favorite. Shoei Otani was the favorite. I think Alonzo was third. I think Joey Gallo was number two, the second favorite. Yeah. Went and out the in first is, round. If I would have logged on to my bookie or one of those sites, I would have put money on Trey. If I saw those odds, I would have put a dollar down. Yeah. Um, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. What Josh, but um, overall, I just absolutely, I think Truman Cena, yes, he, he outperformed what many people thought, but overall, what was your uh, opinion of the home run derby? Um, I like the little changes they keep making to the home run derby. I really like the time limit. I like that. You don't have to wait for the ball to hit the ground that you can just go, go, go. I like all that. Um, and I like the way they're breaking up the rounds. I like the bonus time if you hit the ball far enough. So I like the whole layout. And, I mean, it was fun today. Otani's performance, people want to make it, oh, he gave a good performance. No, he was disappointing. He was supposed to win the whole thing. His performance was disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm a fan I mean, of how, if yeah, it's disappointing. If Otani didn't hit 100 home runs, it, it was disappointing for me. Yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of how they've promoted Shoyu Otani. I thought I think they've done a great job. You cannot stress enough how insane Otani is as right. just a baseball player. And so Correct. I love all the promotion that they're and doing tomorrow, with Otani. And tomorrow with him pitching and uh Yeah, that's an example. Yeah. Great, great way to use him and present him. But sorry, all these people on Twitter. Uh, praising Otani for his performance today. He did nothing special today. Mm. He, he mm. was a disappointment today. Yeah, it looked like Trey he was trying over, to Trey try to overperformed today. So you can praise Trey. Uh, you all get that big discount on Oriole tickets coming up now. Oh, yeah, uh, I got to buy my tickets tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's like 70% off since he made it to the finals. Yeah, it's a good deal. Yeah, so you get, make sure you get some Oriole tickets. And uh, 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 what's his name? Alonzo. They had an unbelievable performance. I don't know how he doesn't have, isn't going to have huge neck pain tomorrow with all that head nod. Not in. Yeah, he was, a, he was a human bobblehead. That's going to yeah. be, I don't know if he's been a bobblehead yet before, but he certainly has a bobblehead in his future. I would um, assume. He, he was, he's a walking bobblehead. Yeah, and, and the, the cool story with Alonzo, besides he just crushes that ball, is how he's now made more money in his career off the home run derby. And then his actual salaries. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. And it was it made me laugh too when they were and I don't know the villain too is Peter Alonzo, which we can get back to. Yeah. You're trying to make show you Otani in some kind of villain. No, He's not the I, villain. No, Otani's the, Otani isn't here's the sad part. Otani's not even the storyline. He was so disappointing, he's not even a storyline coming out of this. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking about him awful lot for not being a storyline. Well, he was the uh, he was supposed he was the favorite going in. Okay. Um, but, but, but no, I, I, I think that Pete Alonzo through this whole thing comes off as, and I love it so much. Like the whole, my impression home run derby is I laughed and smiled throughout the entire time. True. I think it's perfect. It's a perfect TV uh, I, event. I love the interactions with all the young superstars surrounding right. all the players. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I love that the other players get excited for this. Yeah. I mean, there were and acting as the water boy to see Manny come up to trade. That's all fun. Yeah. There was a time when Juan Soto was taking his time out and you saw 
uh, Fernando Tatis and Vlad Guerrero Jr. I mean, all these are the best. Yeah. I think at, at some point Vlad actually even kissed Juan Soto on the neck. Maybe I missed all that. But I mean, you're seeing all like the like the best young players all interact, and even seeing, um, of course, seeing Man- Manny and Trey interact. Don't get me started. But then seeing Tatis and Trey interact there at the end, um, it's just really fun to see all these young superstars, just the superstars in general interacting with one another um it's it was that was one of my favorite parts i agree I but agree. i also like pete alonzo as the villain i thought i mean a new york met guy so that makes sense for the villain and just a total kind of arrogant cocky jerk even in the post interview yeah. saying he was the best power hitter and he just showed it i i love that i that, I adds, like that. adds to the entertainment value for me as well like i hated pete alonzo right, and i think it, he's a bum but i i'm entertained by it right it's the fun cocky villain it's not the guy who irritates you. It's like it's the home run derby. So it's like, okay. And, yeah, it's the, the smugness of him and the fact that he looks like he is having the most fun in that stadium at the time. Yeah, which makes you dislike him more. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, which fits that villain status. But, no, I thought the event itself was just so entertaining. I mean, I'm, I'm old school in the sense that I know no one agrees with me in this take, but – I miss Chris Berman with the back, 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 back. I always love that. Um, but out, outside of that, I think it was just a great performance. The and balls were flying some over 500 foot shots. It was just, right. it was fun to watch. And I don't, I don't like the broadcast. I don't think they do a good job showing like the, like the ball coming off the bat. They show close ups of the swings and close ups of the ball landing in the crowd. And oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see the shot from, you know, behind home plate of the ball flying out and landed in, you know, you're, you're, standard typical home run shot yeah i think they could have done more with the camera angles i did like the split screen i was a fan of that i actually would have liked to see more my favorite part was seeing the fans go after the ball or get hit by the ball in the stands or fall over chasing the ball or you know fighting each other for the ball i want to see more i wish they would have stayed on the stands a little bit longer after the ball landed to see some of the interaction with the fans some of that chaos break out yeah. Um, but I like the split camera, yeah. split screen. Right now, ESPN is airing the celebrity softball game, which I think is now going to be on my list as the worst part of All Star Weekend. Yeah. No, I've never in my entire life ever watched an ending someone, of that. Do you know who Josh Reed is? I've never heard of him. Me either. Of, yeah. Let's just say he looked like he was a 17 year old kid, and under his name, it said social influencer. From the BFF podcast. So he's some pod 17 year old podcast. Uh, so this is a jealousy now, thing with you. Okay. Who's now on the celebrity. No, no. It's also that I'm old and I don't know any of these celebrities, but I like that now social influencers is who gets called into the celebrity. At least when we had celebrity softball games or the rock and jock games when we were kids, it was like movie stars. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But even that I didn't watch. No. Even when it and was it, right, and it's why it's on at eleven o'clock at night. Nobody watches this. It's got to be a pool just to get these celebrities to come to the All Star Game. Yeah, probably. But I tell you what, all the like we said before, all all the stars they they didn't mean need an extra pool to show up to the Home Run Derby. Um, the only people that weren't there were you know the Astros jerks, but everybody else was there supporting baseball and supporting the these uh, these hitters. So that was just yeah, just. It just made me laugh and smile, this whole event. So it, was just, it, was. it was just really good. It was just fun. Also, Ken Griffey being interviewed, can I just say, and I've seen Ken Griffey before. I love, like, I love Griffey. Yeah, it's just every time I see him, 
it's so weird to see an old Ken Griffey Jr. It just weirds me out every single time. But isn't Griffey – what I always am fascinated with with Griffey is nobody hates Griffey. Oh, I can't hate Everybody him. loves Griffey. Yeah. And I think it's part of how baseball was in the 90s when he was a star. I think part of it is that he played in Seattle, so he wasn't really anyone's villain. Yeah. And, um, and he's just he was cool. Just a, and the, he was just, the, just cool. The backwards right. hat, the perfect swing. Exactly. Just cool. He was the coolest baseball player then. So. Yeah. And the video game helped too, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, other sports all-star events aren't like, I mean, the slam dunk contest, whatever. Okay. Every now and then you might see highlights of that. No. But like, this is the only event. Like I'll watch the all-star game, but I'll turn it, I'll turn it off probably once Cedric Mullins is out of the game. But the home run derby, even if Trey Mancini wasn't in here, um, I would have watched it. But the Trey plus the Otani um, made it even more entertaining. But baseball has a good thing with this this home run derby. Did you know that the Orioles have had more participants in the home run derby than any other team? Only because you told me that earlier. But that, yeah, that, and that surprises me. Yeah, I, yeah, I had to look it up. I was looking it up after I saw that stat. I was like, really? And I looked up, and Cal's been in it a few times. Yeah, Brady's been in it a couple years. Uh, the very first home run derby, Cal and Eddie Murray were in it. Okay. Um, we had Davis in it. We had Trumbo in it. We had, I think, Palmero was in it. Um, and now Mancini. I'm probably missing a couple. Yeah, but we've got a lot of participants, which is which is something I wouldn't think of. Yeah. For something that, you know, not every team has a representative. Right, right, right. You want to get some other stuff? Oh, Tejada, of course, is the one I missed. Oh, yeah, Tejada. Um, but, yeah, tomorrow, Cedric Mullins. Now he's starting that ninth, right? Yeah, it took him long enough to announce it, but they announced today that he's starting in center field, batting ninth uh, behind Shoyo Tani. Um, starting, so that's, that's a great story. Um, I could argue it's disrespectful to bat him ninth. He should be batting in the top of the lineup. I should be batting number two. All stars. Uh, I I know, but he's, 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 he's the best of them, Josh. So he's the the one there on a technicality. Kind of like Manny. Manny's there on a technicality also. Well, yeah, but Mullen's numbers deserve it more than Manny's numbers this this year. And that's the thing. Baseball All-Star Game, and like you were saying, Home Run Derby is awesome. It's way better than the All-Star events in any other sport, but the voting's still screwed up. How you get into an All-Star Game is screwed up. I guess. I mean, I don't care. It's 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 a fan event. It doesn't mean anything. Or d- 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 is it still home field for the uh, for the World Series? But I think I think no. They got rid of that. We're back to flip flopping. It's. I mean, I don't care the fact that fans vote it. And it, it's it's dumb, right? Because big market teams who have more fan bases is got a larger fan base is going to yeah. vote for the guys more, and so that's like common sense. But I don't really care that much. I'm just glad he got in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I'm oh, I'm just I mean, of course he got in. I'm glad he's he's a starter, right? Uh, right. And I, I hope he gets a hit tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what does this all do for trade value of Trey and Cedric? Yeah, I mean, now that Trey showed off some power tonight. Does that make the phone ring a little bit more? No, um, I don't think anyone cares. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think other GMs care about Trey. I think, I think if anything, it, I mean, putting his story on prime time, 
I guess, makes other fans in other cities aware of Trey's cool story, which in that sense might, like, uh, as an organization, make you want him more because you're not just getting Trey. You're getting this kind of great human being with a great story. I see what you're saying. So the good feel-good story of Baltimore is now a feel-good story of baseball, no matter what team he's on. Right. And so, yeah, another team might might want that story for them. Shift some jelly beans around. Yeah. Other teams before didn't care. Now maybe they do. Plus, it means what you'll probably see is other bloggers kind of mention Mancini as options now because they wouldn't think of a guy from the Orioles before. But now that they've seen him, now that they know him, he becomes an option when they're writing things that their team should do during the during the trade deadline. Yeah. And I like going in, I think I would say it's still like, I would say if I would put a number on, I would say like 25% chance he gets traded um, just because well, he didn't have a low. great first half. Yeah. If, if he would have had a better first half of the season, I would, I would, I was had a 50, 50. That's where I was thinking about a 50, right. 50, but the fact that he struggled a little bit in June, um, yeah, I still percentage went down. I but, still got it around 40%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would be just a little because, bit surprised at this point. Just because I think, I think Mike Elias gets the shakes if he doesn't trade someone at the all-star game. Well, that's the thing. And, and if and he doesn't trade Trey, who is there? Then it's Trey it's or Cedric, basically. Yeah, there's really, I, I mean, um, everyone thought that Paul Fry was a guy, but now his ERA is over four. He, yeah, he can't get anybody out. Ever since they stopped letting Petra do sticky stuff, I'm not saying anything, guys. I'm just saying, <laughs> ever since they stopped using sticky stuff, this guy can't get anybody out. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> but but so he's no longer a trade candidate, and he yep. was the one bullpen arm. The other bullpen arm, the only bullpen arm who might be a trade candidate is Tanner Scott. But, again, there's a lot right. of reasons to not want to trade t- Tanner and, Scott. So it's, I think it's unlikely that he gets Scott, traded. The return is not going to be much on Tanner Scott. Well, I think actually it's going to be. I, you know what's an interesting question, Josh? Here's an interesting question. Yep. What would be a better return, Trey Mancini or Tanner Scott? I bet they're really close. The return you get on on Tanner no, Scott or Trey really? Mancini, I, I mean, think I, so. I really do. Are more valuable, but well, even and, with control issues and stuff, what yeah. you think another team says, "Oh, we can fix that." Yeah, I mean, he can throw ninety nine miles per hour. He's got. Yeah. I don't know how what his team control is, but he's not even arbitration years yet. So he's got a That's bunch true. of years under That's team control. True. If I was longer Tanner's, than Trey, right? If I was Tanner's agent, I'd be hey telling these other teams, "Hey, just look at what uh, Arietta did and Gosman did. Look at all these guys that left Baltimore and what they did. Think about what your team can do with Tanner." Yeah, and the other team would be probably be saying, um, Michael Givens, did he just give up another home run? And Miguel Castro, I don't think he's done much. And Dylan Bundy, yeah, like there's there's arguments made on both sides. Yep. But I, but I, I don't, you know what, at this point, I think we trade no one because I don't think Chadwick Mullins is going anywhere. I don't know if Mancini, I don't know if Michael Elias can do that. Yeah. Well, it's tough, right? Because, and here's the thing too, Josh, I saw someone, this uh, fantasy guy follow on uh, on Twitter, an Orioles guy, but he's also fantasy. He's fantasy something. He's, the fantasy guy is always on Glenn Clark. What's yeah, his name? Kate. Yeah. I saw him, not to call him out here, but I saw him say some comment like when the Red Sox in the draft drafted number four and got that mayor kid who, who everyone liked. Yeah. And they said, and he said, oh, if the only the Orioles could have lost some more games or like, like, aren't you fans? Um, yeah. Happy now that we beat one, won a few more games in the Red Sox la- last year. Here's the problem. But the he's, thing is, Josh. Well, let me finish guy. my point. Then you tell me what the problem is, because I started the point. Can I finish it? Go ahead. <laughs> um, the 
Well, I forget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe lose what I was talking about. No, the fact that you're winning more games, all right, so you got a fifth pick instead of the fourth pick, not that you won a ton of games. The, the fact that you're winning more games means players are performing better. So last all, last trade deadline, you could trade some more pieces because guys were playing well. And then even in the offseason, you could trade a Jose Iglesias, right? Because he had a good season and helped you in games, but also had a good season. So you then could trade him. One of the reasons that we can't trade anybody this year, we can't trade Matt Harvey, can't trade Jorge Lopez, yeah. uh, we, we can't trade Santander because they're playing poorly. And yes, we're losing more games. So congrats. We'll get a higher pick. So we'll get a number two pick instead of number five pick. But then we've lost about five, six, seven prospects we could have gotten if we played better and those players performed better. So Ken, fantasy guy, think about that for a second. Go ahead, hey, well, Josh. Well, KZ also has is the also difference is he's a football guy. And the NFL draft, the NBA draft, they're all different than the Major League Baseball draft. The players, when you draft them, make an immediate impact. They come straight in. There's not as much projections. You're not dealing with high school kids even in the draft. Uh, MLB draft is way more complicated financially as well. So it's a whole different ball game with the MLB draft versus the NFL or anything. So if you're used to the NFL draft, and I saw a lot of people who are Raven fans trying to compare Raven draft picks to Oriole draft picks. And you can't do it. It's two different. It's a, it's a, it's obviously a different ball game, but it's also a whole different world on how draft drafting works and draft picks between the two sports. Yeah. But, and I agree with all that, but, but my point is that when all these players are underperforming, you, you could get the equivalent of draft picks, right? By you could get prospects even, I mean, when oh, we I saw agree. them flip, whether, whether it's, you know, uh, a LeBlanc or whatever, or a Malone, like even those kind of veteran pitchers, where you could flip them even for like a 17, eight, it's yeah. like getting a free draft pick. Right. But when you don't win any games, yes, you might get a higher draft pick, but it means all your players are, or a lot of your players are underperforming and all our trade candidate players are underperforming. So then you can't trade them. And so you're missing no, you're out right. on all those prospects that you could have gotten. And I would argue those prospects would be of more value than one or two spots higher in the draft. No, you are correct. I agree. And that's why in a few weeks, probably closer to the trade deadline, we're going to do an episode where we talk about kind of some of the previous trades the Orioles have made and returns and kind of evaluating those trades. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, hopefully yeah. this week and having the draft in July instead of May or June, whenever it normally is, Hopefully that gave Mike enough of a fix that he'll be able to make it through without trading guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you never want, and I don't think Mike's gonna Mike Elias gonna do this, but you never want to be in a position where you're just trading because you're trading. But at the same time, Mike Elias's point I think would be like clearly based on this year, they're still in the talent acquisition stage of the rebuild. And there's two main ways right. to acquire young talent, the draft and trade. And that's right. And that's also something that Mike's never going to come out and say, all right, we're no longer in the talent acquisition stage. He's not going to tell you when that flips, switch, flip switches. We'll be oh, talking about that a lot. You think so? I think he will. I don't think he will. 
Okay. I don't, I don't think know. he will. I, I think, think he I think will. will. I think he will late. If he does, it'll be late after us. Yeah. It'll be next season. So you and I say it kind of ends after this season and you go into next season starting to build up. I don't think we'll hear that from Michael Elias unless we get to the trade deadline and the Orioles are making a push. Right. That's when you'll hear it. I don't think you, I don't think that's something that he would pro, that the front office proclaims until it's already clearly rolling. Yeah, well, right. And I mean, actions speak louder than words. And when yes. he stops trading away players to acquire prospects, then that's a sign that yeah, he's Maybe. no longer in the talent Maybe. acquisition stage. And I, and I think that would be telling if he on how he handles Cedric and Trey is part of that story. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If not this year, then next year. I mean, I think what he's probably hoping with Santander, maybe with Fry, probably not with Fry, but with Santander and Trey, that they have a great second half of the season, and then the off season, he's going to try to move them. Yeah, uh, I think I that's was, what's going to happen. Yeah, I see. I can see that. Maybe if they have a great second half. Um, and it all depends on how the farm system does the rest of the season as well and how pitchers progress and all. I was thinking today we're going to do some special, a bunch of put some bonus episodes and stuff in the cans next week. And I was thinking it'd be fun to do a show where you and I predict our 2023 rosters, like 2023 uh, lineups or something, what we're expecting out of the Orioles in 2023. So that yeah. could be something fun. Yeah, that, that yeah, that, that that may be fun. That might um, then help us see where you and I see holes. Yeah, because I mean, you and I weren't really focused on the outfield, and it was clear today and yesterday that Mike's still watching the outfield. Oh yeah, four of the top five picks, outfielders. Yeah, um, uh, the only one, Connor Norby, um, with with the second round pick. That's the only one in the first five rounds that wasn't an outfielder, which is pretty wild. Right. No, the, so so let's let's get get into it, Josh. The okay. and here's a guy who I don't think will be here by 2023, maybe 2024. You can circle him, and that's the the number one pick, Colton Kowser, outfielder from Sam Houston State. Now, Josh, when the board lined up, it was a little interesting, right? Davis went first. I think that was surprised everybody. Yes, because um, there was talk about the Orioles getting Davis. Yes, and Mayer dropped all the way down to four. Um, Rocker was still on the board. All the shortstops besides Mayer was still on the board. Khalil Watson, Brady House, um, Lawler, all these guys were still on the board. Um, Orioles went with Colton Kowser. Yep. Um, Josh, initial reaction to that pick, and maybe has your initial reaction changed as you have time to, to my, ponder it and, and, and be a little more smarter about it? Uh, my initial reaction was who? Because I didn't recognize the name. So I believe that's what I texted you. But okay. that was also somewhat in jest. So I then went and looked into it. And I don't mind the pick. He's uh, next good bat off the board. And I like that he is a college player. When you and I were talking yesterday pre-draft and during the draft, what I kept saying is I just don't want to take a high school kid. Because when I'm looking at 2023, 2024, that's got to be a college kid. That can't be a high school kid. A high school kid tells me that this rebuild's going to take a whole lot longer. And I think not only through Colson, but through all the picks, we see a lot of high, a lot of college. 
on there, which is good for me, and I like that. Um, and I feel I don't like drafting high school kids. I think there's more of a risk. There might be more of an upside, but there's also way more of a risk with a high school kid. So my takeaway this morning after thinking about it was looking at the board and saying, well, once uh, the catcher went out in the first round and once the Vanderbilt guy went away, Leiter went went off the board, I've heard enough. One thing that's interesting about living in Florida is there's a whole lot of washed up baseball guys down here. So everyone thinks they're baseball experts down here. And I've talked about Leiter and I've oh, talked about... it's like about, Twitter, but a, an actual it's place. It's like Twitter, but real people, exactly. <laughs> so I've talked to lots of guys. And it's also Florida, so people play baseball year-round down here. So they've yeah, been around... Yeah, a lot of great baseball players come out of Florida. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I've heard a lot about Leiter and uh, Rocker. And everyone down here who I've talked to about it says the same thing, that they don't trust Rocker can make that step, that his windup has too many complications that it's too uh weird and too inconsistent where lighter's consistent and lighter has the ability to to grow and also rocker's fastball slowed down so once i saw that um once i reevaluated and looked at that the two guys went off the board and then the next four guys were all high schoolers and for me, not wanting a high schooler and thinking maybe Elias also doesn't want a high schooler because he's trying to build for this faster rebuild, it just made sense that the next best college player was Kowser. So I don't think it was that odd. I hate the people going out saying he took an underslot because it's not much of an underslot. He's not going to save a whole lot of money with this move. I think it really was just the next college player. Yeah, a couple points there. First of all, about about the pitcher, and and you mentioned Rocker there. It's interesting, right? I saw this tweet by Steve Molesky. Um, in 2019, so this is Michael Ice draft, starting in yeah. 2019. Um, the first time Michael Ice took a pitcher was in round eight after taking eight okay. position players. Yeah. In 2020, round five was the first time he took a pitcher after five position players. Right. And now, same, same with this year. Five rounds. Five people took five position players taken for outfielders before the first pitcher taken. So it shows um, that Mike Elias certainly, um, I think, is more wary and feels like there's just a more risk, right? This is not this is not breaking news. There's more risk with pitchers, right? Not totally. just performance, but injury, shoulder, arm, Tommy John, all that. There's just more injury. I mean, no, we're seeing that- last year they drafted Car- Carter Palmer. Um, and he, he had Tommy John surgery after they drafted him. Like, this is just, right. it's just more when, injury with pitchers. When Leiter was picked, the guy on the broadcast, I think I was watching MLB Network, and he tried to compare him to Dylan Bundy and said, Dylan Bundy made his first major league performance after 18 months. Yeah, and he I'm moved like, really fast, even at the high school. And I'm like, yeah, he did move really fast. I said, but you're not telling the other part of the story that he then got Tommy John in two months and didn't play major league baseball for another three years. Yeah. So and like, they, uh, there's huge risk there with pitchers. Oh, and I remember Dylan Bundy because they talked about his, like, how he was immune from injury because his amazing workouts right. with his dad and his long toss and all he did all these things yeah. to make sure his arm stayed healthy. And then it, it, it didn't. And then it got better, but then he wasn't very good. So, yeah, that's not a comparison you, you I, I think, want to have made about you. Yeah. 
um, hey, if you're uh, a young pitcher. Real quick, if you're joining us live tonight, you're going to want to go over to Orioles.com slash Flash and get your 70% off tickets because I guess the Orioles are panicking because it's 70% off and they're cutting it off at midnight today. Oh, crap. We got to wrap so, up the show. So you got to get it in the next, like, 30 minutes. I got to wrap up the show. Uh, uh, I know a couple other points about the draft, Josh, yes. with Colton Kowser. And I've, I, I, I know I said this pre-draft a couple years ago going back that Mike Elias, there's no secret about how he does things. When he got here, he cut scouts. Yeah. A lot of people criticized him for it. That, and he built up the ad, analytics department. So it should not come as a surprise that he's going with players that have more of a track record than the, and that he has better data on, right? Because what kind of data, and I don't know, I don't know, what kind of data do you have on Khalil Watson? Um, no. Do you have all his exit velocities from every at-bat he's had? Do you have his batting average against 97-mile-per-hour-plus fastballs? Right. You don't have that data and for a lot those of these high school, school players, players, you don't have what their opponents are. Well, are they yeah, playing that's the final deaf school? Like, who are they playing? Right. And some of the criticism of Colton Cowser was he's playing in a bad division, playing for his Sam Houston State. But you still had data. Like, I, I, someone shared his batting average against 97-mile-per-hour-plus fastball. Um, right. And so you have that data. You have colleges right, have a lot of data on players, and mm-hmm. so you're looking at, and they've just played longer, right, so you have a larger sample size. And, and you have how they progressed from high school to college. Right. Because and there's so, that big step of putting on weight when you get to college. Right, and so if you're a guy who relies heavily, more heavily on analytics and, and the stats than you do on, you know, the eye test with the scouts, it's natural that you will lean more towards college hitters. And, and, so, and so, yeah. Um, he's yeah, these, a college hitter heavy, partly because m- maybe less of a ceiling, right, th- th- than Akila Watson, but a much higher floor because you know what you're getting more, more than with these other guys. And so, you're right. and with yeah, anybody, computers can't, show, computers can't show that jump from high school to minors or high school to college. It can't. Well, right. I mean, you, you can't even do a Colton Cowser, right? You, you don't right. know how Cowser is going to go against double A pitching. You don't right. know how that's going to go. If once he see, when he sees an elite slider, he's probably never seen very many elite sliders. I mean, it was interesting. The second pick, um, Connor was Norby or New. I got to learn these guys' names. Um, but I watched highlights of him hitting off of Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, right? And that, right. those are elite pitchers. Yeah. Um, Colton Cowser probably has not faced a whole lot of elite pitchers, right? So that's you're trying to to figure out how he's going to do against elite pitching. Oh, that's all the harder with you're right with with high schoolers. Um, so I mean, it, it still boggles my mind how how teams figure out, right? Like how how do you know, how do you look at a 17 year old kid and figure out how good this kid's going to be, you know, in 22 and 23? Um, but that's I guess why they get paid a lot of money to do well, that. But and that's why we see them fail sometimes. I mean, some work, but it's a huge risk. We, yeah. we've, we've had minor leaguers on this podcast very early in their careers. We've, we've hooked up with some minor leaguers. Yep. Um, how many of them made it into the majors? Um, none. <laughs> I'd say one. One. Yeah. One. Jonah I'll, I'll, I'll give Jonah Heim. He's yeah, in the Jonah majors. Heim. He's doing yep. well. But, yep. yeah, we've had other guys where we get involved with them and low A ball, 
and they never progress. Yep, and some of them high, high draft picks. Yeah, some of them got really nice signing bonuses. Yeah, yeah. So. It's it's just it's really hard. Um, it's really hard, and 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 anyone. If you look at the Colton Cowger pick, and this is what I did, like I and I knew a little bit about Colton Cowger because I knew um, just listening to podcasts that he was kind of a really a, a likely kind of guy for the Orioles. Hmm. Um, and you're right, the underslot thing I think is nonsense. I think for Michael Elias, every time they bring up underslot, what do they do? Talk uh, Corolla. Correa. Down in, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Cor- yeah. That's always yeah. the answer is, oh, he goes under slot. Give me an example. Correa. Correa. Yeah. It's like, well, that's one guy. Right. That's, well, if you want to. under slot going five, to, a guy who was going to be drafted number 10 probably, and you take him number five, that's not an under slot. You're not saving money. Well, yeah. And listen, if you want Michael Elias's tell, if you want to know what kind of player he likes, a college, a, 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 a college uh, position player who can hit. Like that's it. That's the guy, yep. a college yep. player who can hit. That, like that's what he does. Um, from uh, Rutschman to Kerstat, um, right. to, to now Kowser. and and it doesn't matter. Under slots, over slot, whatever. Like I, right. I think honestly, for Mike Elias, Colton Kowser, I really think this was the top guy on his board. Forget about the money. If money was not involved at all, if right. you just picked and there was no money pool, I think Colton Kowser was his top guy. I agree. That's that. I'm right on the same page with you now. Of course, because what if, the underslots if, if implying, writers, Josh, when people say underslot and criticize him for it, that you're making there was the a guy he wanted, the, money. Right. He had the guy he wanted, and he chose not to draft him to save money. And I don't yeah. think that's what happened here. No. I, I think he drafted no. the guy he wanted. This isn't no. This isn't like when I go to Walmart and I buy the Walmart brand of something to save five bucks. Yeah, he, he you know? bought the. The name brand, it may have been yeah. at a discount slightly, so it's equal price as the knockoff, but that's the one you wanted. <laughs> right, exactly. And it, I know if, if lighter was available, he would have taken lighter. You think so? I, I mean, I just read I mean, the stats about pitchers. He just never yeah, takes but, pitchers. I know, but, he's, but, that, but that's also he hasn't been in a position with a pitcher like that available. Yeah. Where maybe. clearly once you got past him and the and uh, the catcher that went number one overall he that might have been higher up on his draft board also yeah i doubt it but maybe but, but yeah well cuz he's a power hitting uh fielder yeah i wonder like i would love to see Michael's draft board like i wonder if Colton Kowser was number I one i was very disappointed that when the uh commercial breaks when they'd say oh the orioles are next up and they go to a commercial they would show the draft rooms of all the teams and they did not do that for the Orioles, which I was wondering if that meant we didn't have a draft room or what. Because well, I was really anxious to see that room with a folding table and just Mike and Sig sitting there. And it was kind of in the, the Mike Elias phone call was kind of weird because I guess Colton Kowser didn't pick up the first time. And so he, Michael right. had to leave a message yeah, and then yeah. he had to call it back. Like, it's kind of weird. Um, I, I don't know if you saved those numbers ahead of time. I guess not. But yeah. but but. but but yeah, the only, the other thing I was I was curious about is, and Michael Elias had some quote like he didn't know who he was going to pick until Boston picked. No, and he's so not going to help. Yeah, he didn't know who he was going to pick because maybe he didn't know who Boston was going to pick. Right, Boston he picked Colton Cowser. Right. Yeah, but but I want to say in the, on a lot of people's boards, Josh, this yeah. mayor shortstop kid was number one overall, and that's who yeah. Boston had. That's a big risk. And and I wonder, I'm just curious if this kind of consensus, consensus number one guy. Mayor was on the board at five if Michael Elias would have been tempted to go with a high school shortstop. I don't think Michael Elias looks at anyone's mock drafts. I don't think so either. I think he does his own thing. 
And that's what I, I want. I don't build if I'm in if I'm in a major league GM, I don't hire guys and do statistics and design my own draft board by looking at mock drafts of bloggers and reporters. I, right. I always find it right. crazy I mean, like I, with the NFL draft too. None of those boards are ever right. They don't mean anything. You know best. You do your own research. We talked about how Elias was doing a lot of traveling to go see these guys in person. Yeah. He, he does his homework. I have no doubt that Mike Elias does his homework. This is his going back to his time in St. Louis. He, he was, he was this scouting. Like he, he was, he yeah. grew up as a scout. Like he got his, you know, into the game as a scout, like at, at heart, I think this is his favorite part of the game. This is his, um, his best yeah. part of the game is scouting talent. And so, right. yeah, if there's any, if there's any area where you should give Michael Elias a little bit of leeway, that's in his ability to identify young talent. Like that's his mm-hmm. kind of thing. And Oriole fans were all upset that he didn't take rocker. But Rocker went, what, 15th or 16th to the Mets? So half of baseball passed on Rocker? Yeah, I don't know if that was that low, but, yeah, it was, it was lower, yeah. It was, it was two, of the, two, two, two of the Mets. And he commanded a lot of money, right? He um, did. Which, which is fine. Um, it, it hurts the Mets more than it would hurt the Orioles, though, because the Orioles have more money to spend in the draft because they had the higher pick. Um, All right, he was 10th. Okay, yeah, 10th. So... But but yeah, I, I I don't think it was I don't think the Orioles didn't draft Rocker because of the money. I don't I don't think it was. No, that. I don't think it was money at all. Yeah. Um. If you look at some of the other, the I don't know if you want to go through the other picks. I mean, there's there's nothing, and this is a little bit frustrating to just with baseball in general. Like I want to be like, okay, we picked Colton Kowser, um, we picked Connor Norby. Like, okay, yeah. now. Let me not remember those names at all and wake me up in two in two years when they mean, get to Bowie, and then we can start talking about them again. Oh, you mean you don't want to break down Dante Williams or Connor Pavoloni or Billy Cook, Reed Trimble, Carlos Tavera, Reed Williams, Willems, Joe yeah. Rhodes, Colin Burns, and Ryan Higgins? No, I just want you to wake me up when they get to Bowie. Wake me up when they get to Bowie, yeah, and, and then I'll start Bowie. caring. Yeah. Right. I care when you get to Bowie. And that's the thing is – Base and baseball, they're not all going to make it to Bowie. It's tough to make it to Bowie. Well, Josh, are you surprised that no one told Michael Elias he drafted four outfielders in those first five picks? And we only need three. We only, only, only three, three at one time. This is not salt, church softball. Oh, no. You have four outfielders. You only need three outfielders. Oh, no. And we even already have some in our system. And some pretty good ones, actually. Yeah. Maybe we can have nine outfielders. Yeah. <laughs> and that's. Uh, well, and, and I don't know how much it is, is driven. I assume it's not really driven by what you have in your farm system now. Though it no. seemed like last year, and maybe in the year before, actually, yeah, the year before, um, 2019, it was heavy in middle infielders. Yeah. There was a lot more middle infielders drafted, um, whether it's a Jordan Westberg or the Anthony Servideo. Sir, Sir um, it was kind of those middle infielders types. And we have now, and, and then you go to Bowie, too, where you've seen you know, like Johnny Riser have a really good year. Right. It seems like we had a ton of, we have a ton of, and um, Grenier as well. Um, it seems like we had a, a ton of middle infield talent that's in the lower minors. And so it actually, I think, works out really well because some of our better outfield talent is kind of in buoy and higher. And now all of a sudden you can kind of, 
I don't know. You can match some of that younger talent you drafted last year in the middle infield right. with some of well, these outfielders. It's so also, I just think it, it works out well. And none of your picks are going to hit the majors the same year. It's not like you're going to have a year where it's got, I got nine rookies this year. They yeah. slowly, they slowly trickle in and trickle out. And the more depth you have allows you to do more things. If you have really good depth in outfield, you're okay. If Austin Hayes gets hurt for the hundredth time, you're okay. If you decide to trade Cedric Mullins, yeah, well, you've got that. well, just look at this season. I was like, going into the season, how are the Orioles going to fit all these outfielders in that outfield? Right. Well, you, you had get injuries, and then you have Santander struggling, and yeah, then right. you have um, pretty much played himself out. Yeah, yeah, Stewart's playing himself out. D- Diaz has not played well at AAA, and he's uh, been hurt some. Has not played well, and oh. so all of a sudden, instead of having like seven outfielders for your three spots, you're like you're trying to fit. You have Ryan McKenna, who we didn't even, who wasn't even my radar to play a lot of outfield games. You had Ryan McKenna's playing more games in the outfield than I ever thought possible. Um, right. And and like, who could have saw what happened to Kerstad? Like, that's just kind of a fluke thing. But but you, but but that goes to to show like you just need as many talented players as possible, and then you figure the rest of the stuff out later. Because even in the major league squad, when you think you're going to have enough guys, it's just doesn't happen like that so you just need you need more and more and more if you have too many they, they, then maybe you have enough when you have too too many but you just need a lot of guys yeah and and again if you suddenly for some reason have too many good outfielders then you have trade stuff that you can trade to bring in pitching yeah and we're not at the position where we can do that yet but but no. yeah but at hopefully, some point hopefully we we'll will get there. what we if you don't see pitching in the farm system that you're comfortable with doesn't mean you have to draft pitching. You can bring pitching in with money. You can bring pitching in with trades. And the stronger your farm system is, the more opportunities that opens up for you, no matter where the strength is. Yeah, and I do wonder. I mean, we've seen the, the success just with the Angels and taking all their pitchers. Um, Cop Radish is kind of the, the, the lead of that. But we had, we took some more pitchers from, from the Angels who are playing well in our minor leagues. And I wonder if if Michael Elias thinks that he is so good and this organization is so good with developing pitching, identifying prospects and developing pitching that he feels like, Oh, that's a route we can handle via trade. Like, I feel like I can, I don't need to draft it because I can identify under you, you utilize talent in the minors. Um, And that's again, Uh, if you're Michael Elias, you have more data on those guys than any college player. Even you have more data on the minor leaguers so yeah. maybe trading for pitching. And it does seem to be like, I don't know, we'll, we'll do it later, Josh. We'll break down all the trades. But right. I bet if you compare his trading for position players versus pitchers, it seems to me he's trading for a lot more young pitchers than he is yes. position players. Correct. I also would say that pitching, you don't see pitchers with 10 years at an organization dominating for 10 years where you will see position players that hold down that position for a team for much longer. So I would wonder, even if that, if you say, all right, well, I can fill holes easier by signing a veteran for three-year deals, pitching, as long as I have my position, my power uh, foundations down on the team. Yeah. I mean, the Orioles don't have a good track record of I know, but I'm not talented free more. agent pitchers coming to us and then playing well. But yeah, I get your I point. But I'm not, saying, I'm not saying Oriole track record. I'm just saying in general. Yeah, I mean, if you if you shift to the current team, I, I was reading the quotes from Brandon Hyde kind of at the halfway point here with the All-Star game. 
and he highlighted like one of the things that surprised him most has been how disappointing the pitching has been. Yeah, and it's I, been crap. I, right, and and I think in this, and I I made this point on Twitter, and I think everyone's, and I made this point on here, so I don't have to to rehash it again, but but everyone talks about how the Orioles are tanking. Well, yes, but also like the starting pitchers that we thought would be better have not been good. Right. No, so Team Kramer has not been good. Jorge Lopez has been worse than we thought. Matt Harvey has been worse than we thought he would right. be. Um, all these players. Is hurt. Yeah. Ke- Keegan Aiken has been bad. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I would also Alex say. Wells pitched really well, actually, his last start in AAA. I hope Alex Wells is up yeah. here soon. Yeah, he did. Um, and I would, I'd say the Rule 5 guys are doing better than I expected. Well, one of them, right? The other guy's gone. Scroll is yeah, gone. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But, the one. Tyler Wells, yeah, has pitched better than anyone could have expected. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but in all, especially our starters, it's just been absolutely a train wreck, atrocious. And so I'm curious, like you, I don't think you can do this another year with this starters, and I don't think you have enough starters ready in, in AAA. I'm really curious to see. Right. Well, I'm curious to see what they do in the second half. I'm curious to see what they do with Matt Harvey in the second half. Um, I mean, I'm curious to see if they if they start bringing up you know your Alex Wells and Zach Lothar and giving them a chance to start every fifth day, or if they keep on running out this same. Kind of true, right? I mean, like, it's nice to see Spencer Watkins start a couple games. I think that yeah. was nice. I was excited that Dylan Tate was going to get a start this past week. But yeah, then got rained out. yeah, yeah. But still, just putting him in that position to start the game, put him on the out there with zeros. I like that. Yeah. Well, clearly, what you're doing isn't working. So fine. Right. Try something different. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I, I think this is just I'm I'm excited because this has just been a great. In, in what has been a terrible season for the Orioles, this has been a really nice weekend. I mean, we get this week out to see our face, face of the franchise. I don't know. I don't know who the face of the franchise is. It's Trey. It is, right? It is Trey. Even though Cedric and um, uh, Mountcastle had great Junes. Yep. Where you see uh, Mountcastle was on some pace for like most home runs for a rookie or something. Oh, really? Something crazy. I, I mean, it's, he it's, he's like the a little dominant. behind. For the yeah. first half or something. Yeah, but I mean, it's just been great because you had that. And then, of course, in his corner, you had Cedric Mullins. And then you get the announcement today that Cedric Mullins made the starting of the All Star game. And then on top of this, you get Colton Cowser. And by the way, like anyone who's critical Colton Cowser, just to go back this for a second, I want to make two points about it. If you're critical Colton Cowser, one, just go read stuff about him. And I guarantee if you spend like 20 minutes just reading stuff about Colton Cowser, that these other and, and, and analysts and other people have written about him. Like, it's hard to read that stuff and not say this is a really good pick by Michael So read. Hey, here's an idea, guys. Read first. The other thing is, Josh, you mentioned people critical of, of the Orioles pick. And I was thinking about this. Yeah. For, for my followers, I follow people on Twitter. I don't know, like 400 people I follow on Twitter. Okay. And I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to follow you. It's my pleasure to follow you. Love it. And all of them, almost to a T, said, you know, even if they didn't love the Colt Cowser pick, they trusted Mike Elias, and they really liked the direction this organization is going, and they trust him, you know, to draft the best guy possible. They may have wanted Rocker. They might have wanted Killer Watson, but they were, they were, you know, on board with Mike Elias in this decision. Okay. See, I saw a lot of hate. I must have more Raven fans on my side. Well, but then, Josh, if I would ever, like – if you do this as an experiment, if you click on where the if the Orioles announce that they've drafted 
um, Colton Cowser. And then you look at the comments underneath that. I yeah. would say, I don't think it's an exaggeration. I would say it's like 90% negative, like oh, 90% I, negative comments yeah. responded to the I, Orioles pick. I do the same thing on news stories. It's yeah, similar thing. And it's the same type of thing. Well, and, and, and my argument would be, Josh, um, that that happens for, for a couple of reasons, right? It happens. I mean, I think the news story is a good example because good, positive news stories no one, no one really cares about. People want to be kind of upset and outraged yeah. at something, right? Like we're yeah. drawn to outrage. Um, we're attracted to it. We love it. And so it's, I mean, I mean if, I, if I like the pick of Colton Cowser, I'm not commenting on the freaking Oriole post. But if I'm outraged by it, then I'm going to comment. So I think it just draws right. this loud, obnoxious, percentage of the fan base but i would argue our listeners if we did a poll of our listeners and inform a poll i would say the overwhelming majority of people are good with the colton cat cat cows or pick i just think it's this small not small but kind of this this kind of louder kind of group of people who always kind of comment and complain um but don't really i don't want to say they don't understand what's happening but they don't like fully appreciate, you know, how this whole thing works. Yep. Um, I agree. But we do like outrage. Yeah. But anyway, good positive weekend for the Orioles. Yeah. All good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can do anything. You want to do uh ball, ball four. Wait, what do you want to do? You want to do anything else? You want to wrap this up? I mean, here? I don't have anything prepared. I can do a little ball four. I can I've... tell you about this guy ripped me off for the PlayStation again. Oh, you still don't have a PlayStation? Uh, I know. I told you. I, I shared the story last time when I got ripped off. Uh, it's the same guy. Eventually it showed up. And for some reason, I trusted the guy a second time. Yeah. And now it's been like two months. Right. So shame on him the first time. And shame been, on you this time. Oh, yeah. Shame on me. Yeah. Shame on me because now for 14 days straight, he's told me it's coming today. Okay. So, so this shame is, on me. Big yeah, shame this on is, me. This is a new PlayStation update. Okay. Yeah. So every week we'll check in with you. This. Yeah. For, yeah. for 14 days. I told him, I said, I said, um, I got to talk about you on the podcast if you don't turn up today. And he said, he said, I'll, I'll have it. And I texted him right before we uh, started recording, and he hasn't responded to me yet. Okay, in those 14 days, over or under, this is my favorite part, over, under, because I've done this before where, like, I couldn't deliver something, but, 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 like, I'm at least saying, like, whatever, it is what it is. Like, I, I don't have it. But this is a situation where, um, he keeps on saying it'll right. be here tonight or tomorrow. It, over right, so, under 10 times in 14 days where he said it's going to be here tonight and it hasn't been. All right. So, all right. So I'll tell you, I told you this has been going on for two months. Remember, yeah. I gave you a place, my PlayStation 5 that I had because mine was showing up the next day. Yeah. I've been playing it and loving it. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. So um, I, let's just say I was scrolling back to my text to try to see. So two weeks ago, I went away for 10 days up to do that middle school camp. Right. So I gave him time, and I said, hey, just get it straightened out, and when I come back, we'll get it. So I, would, I was just trying to scroll back to my text to try to see some highlights of my text from those past two weeks since I've been back. And uh, let's just say, uh, let's see. I'm going to bring everything with me today to the house, and I'll bring it to you. Then next day, uh, later that night, are you still coming? No response. Then uh, later. I'm off all day tomorrow until Tuesday. 
So I'll bring it in the morning. You want to meet up at the, in the morning? I say yes. All right, I can meet you at 7 a.m. All right, then I text him in the morning. Uh, my schedule's flexible. Let me know. Okay, well, I got to go to work. Now I'm going to go to storage and pick him up. I said, okay, I'm available. And How many days ago was that? Uh, this is June, July 1st. July 1st. So you got to yeah. go pick them up July 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. any, any update? Not yet. Getting them. And then let's see. I text him, uh, did you get them or am I waiting another day? This is the next day. He says, you're not waiting another day. I'll have them for you in an hour. An hour? And, 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 and what day was this? Uh, that was July 2nd. July 2nd. Be there July, an hour. July 3rd. I'm out, brother. I'm coming home with them. I sent him a little "You Are Fake News" gif. Nice. Well, that's a good response. Uh huh. And then uh, he didn't show up. Uh, let's see. Next day, I got really I got angry because I'm sending a long text about how I gave him money for these on April 16th. Mm. Uh, Josh is fiending says, for his PlayStation at this point. Yeah, Josh he says is, he knows I'm sitting here playing MLB the show, and he's fiending for his well, PlayStation at this point. And he's you know, mad. I haven't. Not sharing on the podcast yet, but I have some extra free time on my hands right now. Right. So I need the PlayStation. Right. Um, and he says, he's coming tonight, bro. I'm literally just waiting on him. I'll have him tonight. I said, I don't believe you, but the O's are on the West Coast, so I'll be up late. Then I text him at 1 a.m. I guess you're not showing up. That was a while ago they were on the West Coast. Yeah. 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 This, was, uh, this was July 3rd. Yeah. Fourth uh, of July. I said, hey, I can go pick them up. Just tell me where. He goes, I'm leaving now to get them. I said, great. Then he text, I, later I say, did you get them? I'll text you when I'm on my way. Then uh, later that night, he's coming tonight for sure. Next day, he didn't show up. I got you. Uh, and this is your neighbor, I right? I make sure you have this tomorrow. It's not like you can run away. This is your neighbor. <laughs> this is my neighbor. Yeah, this is this, next, you know where the guy I, lives. No, I know where he lives. I can walk to his house. I play softball with him. Yeah. Uh, July 5th, still grabbing them today. I'll reach out in a couple hours. Then uh, I text him at 10 o'clock at night saying, I guess not today either. And he says, actually, tonight I'm coming through. Hit me in the morning and I'll have them late tonight. Nice. So. Hit him up at 8.30 in the morning. He has them in his car, and he is dropping them off after the kids get dropped off at daycare. I'll shoot you a text once he brings them. He has them in his car at this point. Okay. This yeah. is, and, and, and what day is this? Is it, it's in his car? Uh, July July 6th. They, they are in his brother-in-law's car. Go get him in the bringing, car. Go, go to his house. To him. Oh, the so brother-in-law's then, car. The brother-in-law's car. Oh. So then I check in with him the next day around noon. He said, let me call him. No response, no response. Um, Just skip him. Get the brother-in-law's number and, and, go, and go there yourself. Nine o'clock at night, I text him, what's going on? He's still coming, Josh, I promise. And I text back, I don't believe you. And then he says, uh, text him again later. I'm telling you, there's a whole bunch of texts, and I'm trying to just, like, pick his random things. Yeah. So, I, I don't think you should. I don't, I I don't like the skeptical tone you're taking with him, Josh. You I should be, like, the, pumped up every single time. Like, yes, let's go. Can't wait. Every single oh, time always, you say that. I'm skipping all the times where I'm like, okay, not nice to him. I'm skipping all those. Yeah, but you should be overly enthusiastic. So then he feels really bad when he doesn't come through every time. <laughs> July 7th. Well, of course he left me hanging. Uh, you would think that since it's my brother-in-law, he would come through. But I told him to leave it at his house, and I'm going right after my morning meeting. So I 
text him. I leave him alone. I text him at 5.30, and I say, I guess you didn't go after your morning meeting. He has him in the car, and he's going to drop them off today. Who is the brother-in-law's car or is his brother-in-law, car? Brother-in-law, the brother-in-law. Oh, no still response his car. at all. Yeah, okay, still his car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, uh, brother-in-law, it just isn't coming through. We, 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 right, we, 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 we've been through this. He's not coming are, through. Are you sure he's coming? You got to go to and his he house. Says, he says he's really coming. Then uh, next day, July 8th, no answer. Brother-in-law gonna, didn't come through. I'm going to shower and go to his house. I'll be back by 10 a.m. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, go there. Like, yeah, yes, some let's initiative. go. And yeah. that's what I – so then 1130, I text him. Do you have him? Not yet. I'm wrapping up a meeting, and then I'll be going there. All right. All right. Let's go. I'll drive no with you. No response. Shotgun. No response. Six o'clock. I text him. I say, help me out. The Orioles game got rained out. I need to play video games. Give me the PlayStation. Mm, he's he said, I got again. you. Yeah, It'll absolutely. seriously be done today. And then uh, it didn't happen that day. <laughs> I'm okay, you, we're getting closer to the present. I, I'm, re- I'm only reading like, I'm reading like I'm scrolling so much. Finally, I got ticked and said, all right, I'm just assuming that you've ripped me off at this point. It's fine. We'll move on. I'll get over it at some point that you've completely screwed me. He mm. gets defensive and says, why would he do that to a neighbor and a friend? Yeah. And I say, I have no idea why you would do that to a neighbor and a friend, but it's been months. So, yeah. And I, uh, I saw him, I saw him then at the softball game that night and he said, my brother-in-law's coming. And I said, great. And then I, then I see him at the baseball softball game and he goes, I go, so where's your brother-in-law? And he goes, he's just leaving Tallahassee. I don't know where Tallahassee is. I don't know. I had to look it up. It's in Florida. It's, it's in, I know it's in Florida <laughs> and I'm in Florida. Apparently it's like three or four hours away. It's on the West coast, so right? I'm like, all right. So I leave him alone for that day. Then Saturday morning, I text him. And here's my new thing. I text him Saturday morning. Are you taking care of me today? He says, I am. Then I said, do you have a timetable? He says, tonight. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Next morning, Sunday morning. Are you taking care of me? Yes, I promise it'll be today. I say, okay. Then today, then today, no, no show yesterday. I say, all right, I guess it'll be Monday. This morning, are you taking care of me today? He says, yes, I just got into it with the wife about it. So, yes, it'll be done today. So then I text him uh, today saying, hey, I'm going to trash you on the podcast if you don't have it for me tonight. And he says, he says it'll be there. So then I text him and say, I, I text him at 7 o'clock tonight. And I say, hey, we record at 8. And he goes, oh, well, my brother-in-law doesn't get off work till 8.30, and then he'll bring it. So I say, all right, well, you're in good luck. <laughs> Mancini's doing well in the home run derby, so we're recording late. And then I texted him at 10.30 saying, are you still coming? And I have not heard from him. Mm, Josh, you're really so, persistent with those texts. So props to you for being so persistent with all those texts. Oh, because I, I paid him 1500 bucks for multiple PlayStations for three months ago, two months the, ago. The great thing about this whole thing, Josh, is... That you've like, got a PlayStation that you're playing every day? I, I'm playing every night. MLB The Show, getting the rest of the World Series, while you're just sitting in your butt, not even trying to get the rest of the World Series. So you're not doing your 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 your, your part. Just call but me also, I don't know. I don't think the guy's trying to rip you off, but but it's so weird. It that, doesn't like, make any sense. Yeah, that, that he would keep on saying that every night. Day. I told him multiple times. I skipped over the text where I told him. I said, just give me a realistic date. Don't yeah, stop like, telling me today, and don't tell me. 
Stop telling me I'm on my way to get him when you're really not on your way to get him. Just I mean, tell at this the point, truth. yeah, even if, even if I thought I would give them to you tomorrow night, I would just say, like, I'm going to try by the end of the week just to give me a little wiggle room. And I, I don't have to get, respond to a text every night. But the fact that he says every night invites, like, questions. Well, is right. it here tonight? <laughs> right, exactly. And And he's so late. He's months behind on this thing where it's like it needs to be tonight. And it's yeah. like, if it's at his brother-in-law's, that's not much of an excuse. Just go to your brother-in-law's and get it. Like, yeah, you, I know you, if I owed someone something, I would feel bad and go get it. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you have a good case, Josh, for Judge Ju- Ju- Judy, if you want to take it that route. Ah, Judge Judy retired, didn't she? Oh, did she? I don't know. What don't about know. the... Um, um, what's the one to- Tony Cornish always watches one? I don't know. Um, I know there's a podcast. Three judges. There's a Judge Judy style podcast out there. Okay. Maybe I should write into that. Yeah. Yeah, but do do they award winners? Uh, they like, do. Is it an actual they judge? No. They award winners, but they have no way to, uh, to enforce to, it. Oh, to enforce it. Yeah. They, but, who cares about that? Yeah, right. I'll, I'll announce uh, who the winners but, right now, Josh. You're well, the we, winner. We know I'm the winner. Yeah. Got to get those. Uh, Got to get that money back. Right, and and right Take now it. my family's all away. I need the PlayStation. Yeah, I need something to do. I got a PlayStation. So, I can I can show you. Oh, I can, you can, I can put on Twitch and you can watch uh, me play. Would that make you yeah. happy to watch yeah. me play? Bring it, bring it to the Outer Banks. It might accidentally end up in my car. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I've got Josh. I'm about to go put in my car tonight. All right, I'll, I'll bring it to I'll bring it to the Outer I've, Banks. I'm putting it in my car tonight. It, it'll be there I've, tomorrow. I've got a really nice travel case here for the PlayStation 5 so that I can bring mine to the Outer Banks. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm Assuming sure it'll be there. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it's so irritating. I'm so tired of this. All right. But at least I got the Bennett out at the podcast. Yeah. So I don't know what ball you want to call that, but uh, because it was like two weeks of text, but All right. trust well, me, now, I just skimmed over the text. Well, now you have to save a ball in your ball bag for that, for this recurrent segment, as long as however long it lasts. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll give you the update next week. I look forward to it. Yeah. I bought some audiobooks. So maybe I'll have some audiobooks in my ball four or whatever soon, too. Oh, yeah. So I can talk I can about the, I've read a so couple I can books. I'm a smart one to talk about books, and you just point to TV shows. Yeah. No, I got like three or four books I've read since I've last done book stuff. So I got some book stuff to you, including one by my all time favorite author that I just read, his newest book. So we can get to that maybe next week. Stephen King? No. No. Okay. Who's your all-time favorite author? Frederick Bachman. All right. Not going to read that. All right. Um, all right. Well, this is fun. What's fun is next week we get to record together in yep, person. It's, yep. It's been a while. Yeah. Perp might even join us. I think he'll be in the same house. One can hope. Yep. If not, we'll just maybe we can secretly mic him up or something. Oh, just wait. Maybe, yeah. Like a drunk Bert. Yeah, yeah. we'll wait till he has a few drinks. Yeah. So we'll wait till like three o'clock. And then a we'll little JJ it. Hardy action. Yeah, absolutely. JJ Hardy. All right. Yeah. Right. Uh, you can find us on uh, iTunes and write us a review. Give us five stars. You can uh, like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at Section Three Six Show. You can follow me on Twitter for all my hot takes about the MLB draft at Section Three Three Six. And you can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Roca. Also need to thank our new 336er, Danny Loudermilk. 
who signed up over using the Patreon link this week. So thank you, Danny. Yeah, and you can be a true coconut too by going to section336.com and clicking Patreon. Patreon. Or support. Whatever. It's all the same. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. And go Trey Mancini. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Ooh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.